my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, welcome to Big Questions for God. Uh, this is a show where we respond to the difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the wonderful city of Adelaide. The big question we're discussing this week, can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? Our co-host today is Tom Sliwa. Uh, welcome, Tom. It's wonderful to have you with us. Thanks for having me back, Pastor Gary. Oh, it was fantastic to have you here last week, and it's wonderful to have you here for a, for a second week. Tom's an optometrist by profession who's been uh, who's recently completed the Rise Bible College, followed by a stint as a as a Bible work. Now, tell me, Tom, how's your search for for work actually going at the present time? Yeah, so due to this whole coronavirus situation, I'm I haven't been working for the last few months um, and yeah it's kind of out of my control because um, I'm still waiting for a lot of practices to open back up and you know for people yeah. to start coming out of isolation and coming back to you know get eye tests um, for places to get busier and then yeah hopefully I can get some work again. There are so many people who could actually relate to the very situation that you are in at mm. this particular point in time. Yeah it's, it's, it's not easy but that's you know why I'm grateful for all the, the, all the support the government has been giving people like myself who are currently without jobs Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. very lucky in this country. But Tom, you haven't been wasting your time. You know, I, I'm so impressed. I've just been talking to Tom off, off air about what he's been up to today. Tom, what have you been doing today? Share it with the listeners. Yeah, so today, so um, I've been getting involved with some friends in providing food for international students. So, you know, a lot of these people, a lot of these students come here from overseas and, um, yeah, you know, they have the opportunity to be able to work, some of them, you know, up to 20 hours on their visa a week. Mm. And with the current situation, a lot of places being shut, and especially with a lot of them usually getting uh, jobs in hospitality, they're not able to get work. So there's a lot of them actually doing it quite tough. So what we've decided to do is um, provide some food for them. So we're getting donations from various organizations like, um, uh, what was it, Osbargen? Uh, not, not Osbargen, sorry. Um, Second bite, and right. um, there's another one that joined today, and we get all, um, free food from them, and then we collate it all together and distribute it to some of these students. So that this are is food now. hampers that you give to the students. Yeah, so we put some of the put some of the food into bags, which go, gets given to individual um, students that we know of that are struggling, and then the rest of it, which is quite a lot, gets given to an international student residence where there's about sixty students that live there. And we're starting to get in touch with other residences so we can um, meet the needs of more students. You've fun. really identified an area of need that I think has been overlooked because I'm so conscious that those of us who are residents here in Australia, those of us who are citizens, certainly uh, like yourself have the support of the uh, government so yep. that you get uh, uh, some sort of uh, uh, allowance from the from the government and yet international students come into the country and the same level of support is actually not yeah, there. Yeah, they get nothing. So, you know, the government's been encouraging um, them to go back home and some of them have been able to do that and now they struggling to come back or yeah. there's others um, then again that haven't been able to go back because they can't afford to but they're stuck here um, without a job so some of them are actually doing it quite tough so that's mm -hmm. where we've kind of tried to come in and um, yeah provide for them 
Do you find that's a that's a blessing to yourself in doing that? Oh, I love it. I love being able to, yeah, just make a difference for people. And, it, yeah, it gets me out of the house and keeps me out of mischief as well. What sort of response do you get from the students? Oh, they're, they're just so grateful. So last week we, you know, donated a whole bunch of food and bread and stuff. And, yeah, it's all gone by, you know, the next week when we come back. So, yeah, and, that, and I just think, you know, the future's looking really bright. We're just going to continue to grow this and hopefully be able to help more and more people eat, um, in the coming weeks. Wow, wow. That, Tom, that is just so impressive. I, I thank you so much for sharing on that because it's, it's wonderful to see uh, young guys who are actually able to take that initiative and not only to, um, uh, to not sit at home, but really to impact positively the society in which they're, which they're living. Who actually dreamt up this idea? Um, I'm not sure, but uh, I know Joel Slade and Marek Yantos um, from the College Park Seventh-day Adventist Church. They've been kind of the two main guys leading leading the initiative. Wow, wow, wow! We, I, I should contact Joel and see if we can hand out his um, his contact details because there may be more international students out there that uh, yeah. That so may if anyone's ha- listening here in Adelaide, um, yeah, if they would be able to if. If they would be willing to help out or have any food donations or things they'd like to donate to maybe get in touch with the um, Seventh-day Adventist Church conference and through that avenue they can maybe get, uh, get a hold of Joel yeah, um, and yeah, reach out yeah. to us and we'd love some help. That, that would be fantastic to increase the size of that team uh, to be able to touch the lives of, of international students. Yeah, and just finally before we leave this topic, um, you know, people interstate that might be listening as well, yeah, I'll just highly recommend that they reach out to any international people or international students in their local communities yeah. um, to make sure they're not overlooked as well. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it a wonderful thing when, okay, we've got the virus has certainly negatively impacted society, but there's so much of this positive material that's actually coming yeah. out at the other end. It's opened up a lot of, lot of opportunities yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. Tom, thank you so much for doing that. And guys, let's enjoy some uh, music. This is Andy McCloyd, A New Heart. Oh 
Faith FM Drive Time, Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Tom Sliwa, and it is wonderful to have Tom back in the studio with us today. Tom's an optometrist by profession. He's recently completed the Arise Bible College, followed by a stint as a Bible worker. It comes with, Tom comes with a truly unique background. This week we're asking the big question, can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? That's a big, that's a powerful, that's a challenging question. We're going to come to that question in just a moment. But before we move to that question, I just must share with you about a a fantastic series that's based on biblical prophecy that commences this Friday night. The series is entitled Hope Awakens. This is with John Bradshaw. It's produced by the It Is Written team. This is going to be a 20-meeting series. Folks, can I say, if you're interested in biblical prophecy, this is a a must-see series. It was my, it's my privilege to, uh, to, to, to speak with, uh, uh, Pastor Wayne Boehm. Uh, Wayne's one of the, uh, producers of, uh, of this particular series. He's, uh, he's based in Sydney. And it's fantastic, uh, to be able to have, uh, Wayne, uh, on the, uh, on the line. Well, I'd like to really welcome this afternoon Pastor Wayne Boehm, uh, to our, uh, to our desk. Uh, Wayne, Welcome aboard. It's great to have you. Thanks, Gary. It's nice to be in Adelaide today and right around Australia, I believe. Indeed, indeed. A man from Christian Media. Now, Wayne, we got to know each other many years ago, I think, on a uh, on a tour through the Bible Lands. Oh, boy, I've, I've got a few grey hairs since then. Yeah, you're right, Gary. We, um... That was about 2010, I think, at that time our... Th- I think the uh, the leader was uh, Pastor Gary Webster. It was indeed. Wayne, now tell me something. Um, as a leader in Christian media, 
what are your most significant challenges today? What what do you face? Yeah, it's a good question, Derek. I, um, some ways, I think our biggest challenge is with, there's too much. Um, yeah. and, well, that, that's our business, that's what we're in. But I think there is so much noise out there today um, that, that people... Um, are just bombarded with so many different forms of, of media. Um, and it's, and it's every hour, I guess, you know, you know, back in the old days that maybe you and I remember well, um, you know, you'd get up in the morning and you might catch the morning uh, news on, on ABC, racing out the door, you'd do a work for the day, you come home, you might get the evening news and it's putting the kids to bed and, and, and that was about it. Whereas now, everywhere you go, you've got these smartphones, your lives are just, people's lives are just saturated with media. Yeah, in other words, people um, are get, really getting swamped don't they? They are. Um, and so we're carrying around our, our mobile phones now, which have all the media things on it, and we that's where we're getting our information. And even during then, our downtime, rather than maybe connecting with people that are in the same room with us, mm. um, we're too busy scrolling through through content. In fact, yeah. on many levels, a media perspective, but too from a relational perspective as well. How do you deal with that, Wayne? Yeah, boy, it's. Uh, I think everyone's going to be... Do we start? Are, are we starting to find people, I suppose, moving into bubbles? Because one of the things that I suppose I'm really conscious of is that increasingly uh, people tend to be uh, focusing on materials that uh, tend to be their particular interest, if you like, a little bit of a bubble, and almost ignoring everything else that goes on. Yeah, and I think the the algorithms behind some of the the media content that is there. Um, exacerbates that. And, and uh, what I mean by that is when you look for, um, you know, media is becoming very smart and targeted, um, which, you know, creates those bubbles that you're talking about. That creates a huge challenge, doesn't it, for those of us who are actually working in the uh, Christian media scene because it means that uh, we can be cut off from uh, many who might be interested but who, for whatever reason, never actually receive the uh, the the information, the uh, the material that we're wanting to share. Yeah, and, and you're right. And I think, Gary, that's where um, you know media is one part of the, I guess, the discipleship process. Mm. And you know, it's it's God, it's the Holy Spirit that takes media um, further than than what you and I. You know, can take, and I, I think of um, a program we ran back in '98. Uh, it was going back a few years ago now. Um, the local church was wanting to sign up and, and run a, a program for the community, and, and this they were receiving it via satellite. Mm. And there were three trees that were in the way, and, and the church just couldn't pick up the satellite, get the satellite signal. Mm. Anyway, there was a, a big storm that came through. And it knocked down those three trees, and the church received, you know, the content loud and clear. <laughs> so, you know, there's, God has His ways of connecting to people, and yeah. I guess for us in, in media, we we do what we can, um, and the signal goes across the radio waves or across TV, um, and ultimately God will take it to the people and to the doors and to the homes mm. where it needs to go for them to hear a message about who he is. Yeah, no, and that's and that's so powerful that ultimately it is the work of the Holy Spirit that actually impacts people's hearts. And he's got ways and means that none of us really know very much about. But tell us, Wayne, the response to the predictions of hope beyond Corona series, what's it been like? Yeah, it's, it's been fascinating, though, the... Um as you can imagine, imagine, and probably similar to you, 
COVID-19 has changed how we do media. And so um, an email went out a few weeks ago wanting to, to put together a program. And so within a very short time, a team of people came together and, you know, Predictions of Hope was born. And we had our last night um, last night. And it's been interesting watching the, the engagement in in the content, in the Predictions of Hope series. So um, if we look at um, the total views that we had this morning, and I guess, yeah, we do things live on on social media, so it's on the web, yep. on YouTube, and on Facebook. Yep. Um, and when I looked at the figures um, this morning, there was around 15,000 views of, of the program. So, look, we, um, we've been really happy with um, seeing the number of people watching it. And I guess now that it is on YouTube and social media, this will continue to, to grow yeah, throughout yeah. the, the uh, next little while. One of the interesting things was when you look at the minutes that have been watched, um, there are 60, and this is probably two days old now, 61,000 minutes have been watched as predictions of hope. So it was a really good series and uh, Gary um, and Robbie did a fantastic job. Yeah, um, yeah. In, I really appreciated in, it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Look, it was, it's been really good to see those sort of things and see the church respond in a relevant way because, you know, we've, we've seen over the last um, few weeks, um, you know, in, in media there's this, this term called SEO and some of your listeners will be familiar with it, but it's, it refers to search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. And so in, in layman's terms, it, it records what are people actually searching for. And so you can go on to, to Google and other things and, and you then can um, have a look at what people are actually searching for. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's been a huge upswing in in people looking for the term uh, prophecy, mm. in people looking for the terms uh, Jesus and Bible. Yeah. Um, and so I think now more than ever, um, you know, we, we live life somewhat happily and then all of a sudden we have something like COVID-19 that disrupts our daily life and all of a sudden we've got to pull back and go, hang on, I've just got to do an assessment here of um, where am I? What do I believe? Mm. Where are we going? And and you know, people the first response they jump online and start searching for um, for hope. And so they're the really big questions. The- they're the really big questions, aren't they, Wayne? You know, they're the questions that uh, ultimately all of us have to deal with. All of us have to ask. All of us have to respond to those uh, to, to those questions. And uh, I'm just so interested that you you share that there's been an uptick in the Google searches on those particular terms. That that is actually powerful and important. Uh, tell me though. Yeah. Uh, let's just keep keep going if I can. Um, look, can you tell us something about the Hope Awakens series? Now, John Bradshaw, this coming Friday night, he's going to be presenting Hope Awakens. Uh, can you tell us something about that? Yeah, look, this is a Predictions of Hope was to, I guess, a, a people understand a, the big picture of, of where we are now and, and, and tackle some of those big questions and then lead into the, the series called Hope Awakens, and which I think um, is one of the key searches that people are actually searching for at the moment on Google. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're wanting hope in a, in a world that is, you know, struggling. Where do I find hope? And so, you know, this was the Hope Awakened series that, that came about. So you're right. This will start um, this coming Friday and it will run five nights a week for the next four weeks. So there's, there's a lot of content to, um, to share. 
And I guess if people are looking for things to, to do during lockdown, hey, we've got some content that might be helpful. So what are some of the subjects we're actually dealing with? So some of the subjects we, we look through um, scripture. So, you know, if we anchor um, truth in something, you know, let's have a look at what scripture says about world events. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things they're looking through um, tomorrow night or Friday night's topic will be um, uh, signs you can't ignore. Saturday on May 16, hope awaken. Mm-hmm. Um, the unseen enemy through then on Tuesday. Um, hero in a time of crisis. So these are relevant. Thank you so much for joining uh, with us at uh, uh, at Faith FM Drive Time today. Really appreciated what you've actually uh, shared. Thank you so much, uh, Wayne. That that has some powerful thinking. Wayne was also reflecting on there some some of the challenges that we find in Christian media today. It's so applicable to the world in which we're living. But Tom, look, let's just come to you if we can. Yep. Tom, uh, biblical prophecy, is that something that appeals to... I mean, you're only a young man. Is that something that appeals to, to young people today? For me personally, I, I think it's great. Um, and I think the main reason... The main interest in me in prophecy is that it gives me confidence in God's word. You know, um, a, a historian tells us about the past. A journalist tells us about the present, but only God can perfectly and accurately tell us what the future holds. And he does this throughout the scripture in many predictive prophecies. Okay, okay. Is there any particular part of biblical prophecy that you particularly appreciate? Yeah, I think my favorite prophecy would have to be the one in Daniel 2 which we're going to be exploring and that's the one we've um, got, you to, yeah, got you to that's explore. the one we're going to be looking at today yeah. that, that is in many ways such, a, uh, such an easy prophecy to come to understand it doesn't take a lot of uh, deep deep study it's, it's, it's founded in history and uh, it gives a clear understanding of the future I'm really looking forward to that uh, presentation that you're going to give to us we're going to come to that after this uh, after this little break, but uh, uh, please enjoy uh, the Adventist uh, vocal ensemble. Make me a channel of your peace. Make me a channel of your peace where there is hate. Let me bring your love Where there is injury or pardon
say about the end of the world. Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Can I recommend that uh, that, that uh, DVD to you? That is a fantastic little DVD. And Tom, I understand you've actually seen that DVD. I've seen it a number of yeah. times. But, you know, from the perspective of a young person, how did you find it? Uh, I think it's great. I've watched it multiple times. Even last year when I was Bible working, I'd actually sit down and watch it with several Bible study contacts. And I think it's just totally relevant for the times in which we live because it's talking about natural disasters, all sorts of things that are going on in the world. You know, it just seems like the world's about to end. And then it comes with a message of hope at the end that, you know, there's better things to come. There's a heaven to look forward to, a, a you know, a place of peace, of love and joy. I think it's great. So it engages young people. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that, I, I love that recommendation. I think it's so important. Uh, folks, if you want that particular DVD, we're going to be, uh, uh, sharing the details on that just in just a few moments time. Uh, please, uh, go and, uh, and make application for that DVD. It'll be sent to you totally free of charge. And I believe you'll greatly love that, uh, that DVD. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. And our co-host today is Tom Sliwa. Tom's an optometrist by profession. He's recently completed the Arise Bible College and followed that as with a stint as a Bible worker. This week we're asking, as our big question for God, can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? Now, you know, one of the things I'm so conscious here is that that, quest, that question requires rationality. You see, rationality requires evidence. Tom, uh, today we've asked Tom to, to share with us by looking at the sheer quantity of predictions that we find in the biblical book of Daniel. But you're going to dig into particularly this, uh, this vision of Daniel chapter 2. What does, what evidence does that give us that could possibly answer this question can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy does daniel chapter 2 have anything to add to that particular question yeah i think that's a very good question pastor gary i think um you know some people out there might think that people that believe in the bible are religious you know they're a bit weird or you know a bit left of field but yeah. the question is can can you still be rational and believe in the bible so i think we're going to look at probably my favorite 
prophecy, which I think, is, as you mentioned earlier, is founded in history and archaeology. There's tons of evidence supporting it. And it just shows so clearly how God is able to foretell the future. Um, so, yeah, we're going to look at primarily the prophecy in Daniel 2, and we might sprinkle a little bit of other prophecies from the book of Daniel here and there, because there is so much in the book of Daniel as a whole. But I just want to give a little bit of context, Pastor Gary, to um, the book of Daniel. So Daniel, he was a young Hebrew captive. And his city of Jerusalem has just been destroyed and he was led, you know, 800 miles across to Babylon. And this story takes place in Babylon. And his age is somewhere probably between 17 and 22 years old. And in this story now, he has gone through the schooling of the Babylonians. Mm -hmm. And we pick up the story in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign where he has a dream. Nebuchadnezzar, of course, is the first king of the, of the Neo-Babylonian Empire. Empire yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so he has this dream and he calls together his magicians and all the smart people in his empire and he asks them and he gives them a challenge and he says, can you tell me what this dream was and this interpretation? Because he had forgotten it and it was really perplexing him and he was struggling to remember what it was. So he asks them for not not just the interpretation, but the, the dream as well, which mm-hmm. is really hard because, you know, if he was to give them the dream, they could, you know, make something up and say this is what it means. But he's asking him, you know, something actually really difficult. Which This they- is a king that's got ultimate power, isn't it? Because here we've got King Nebuchadnezzar. He's got this, this ability to be even able to say to his counsellors, I've had a dream at night. I, I, I've forgotten it. But now I want you to be able to tell me what the dream actually was in addition to it. You know, this guy is amazing. You know, can you imagine any of our political, even our political, <laughs> even... I won't name anyone. Our political leaders wouldn't dare do this sort of thing today. No, it was pretty crazy. And then on top of that, he goes, you can tell he had a a pretty short fuse because he's like, if you can't do this, it's off with your heads. (laughs) You know, if they're they're not able to deliver the goods, they were all going to be killed. Don't you wish you lived in ancient Babylon? I'm very glad we live in Australia. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, so let, let's keep going. So he, he asks them for the dream and the interpretation and they cry out to him and they're like, we're not able to do this. What you are able, what you are asking of us is too hard. You know, mm. only the God of heaven can do this, but no one, none of us is able to do this. And so what actually starts happening is that, um, the king gives the command to start killing them and they, some of them actually start being killed. And then the news comes to Daniel and his and his friends and um, Ariok, the the king's guard, um, gets into a dialogue with Daniel and he explains to him what's happening. And Daniel, you know, asks if he can, um, you know, have some time and talk to God about it. And so he actually asks um, Ariok to stop killing the the people because he knows that he's going to, you know, be able to give an answer to the king. And you know, Tom, just there. That's a, a really important point that we, we mustn't miss. What Daniel does is he brings with his friends, he comes to prayer to the Lord God of heaven. And mm. this seems to be one of the themes that flows through the biblical book of Daniel. Whenever Daniel is in trouble, he comes to prayer. Yeah. And I think we also have one of the longest recorded prayers in the Bible, in, in the book of Daniel. That's very true. That's very, in fact, it's a powerful prayer. When you go into, you know, chapter, uh, chapter nine of, of Daniel there, you actually get Daniel's, Daniel's prayer. And it's one of the longest and most beautiful prayers that is in the, 
that is in the entire scriptures. But sorry, let's let's keep going yeah, with our story. I, I just want to add to that. I think it's a really powerful little spiritual nugget we can get from here. So Daniel didn't know the dream, mm. but he knew the one who knew the dream. And so he went and asked for more time. And that took, you know, that's a showing of great faith. Daniel trusted God and he knew that God was able to deliver what when he would pray. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, Daniel prays and then God answers. God and, answers and that, that prayer. And, and that in itself is actually evidence because, do you know, so often, you know, prayer is something that is based on, on faith. But if you can pray and there's a response to the prayer, there suddenly becomes evidence. You know, within prayer, prayer itself produces its own evidence. Yeah. Very true. And so this story also teaches us that, you know, God answers prayer. Mm. Um, there's so many little spiritual nuggets we can glean from, yeah, but we'll, yeah. we'll keep powering on. Um, so, yeah, Daniel prays to God uh, together with, with his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and they get an answer, and God reveals the dream to Daniel. And so mm-hmm. then the next day mm-hmm. he goes back to Ariarch and asks if he can go before the king. And then um, he goes before the king, and... He said, he, this is another really cool thing that I love about Daniel. Um, it says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But mm. there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. And then he says a few other things. And then, then he says, as for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while you were on your bed about what would come to pass after this? And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. And so now we start to get the interpretation that comes on the scene. So we're going to have a look at the dream and the interpretation. But what, what's happening here as well is Daniel's not taking credit for any of this. Yeah, He's giving yeah. all the glory to God. And so you, you can also tell that Daniel's a really humble man. He takes no credit for himself. Um, it's not that, you know, Daniel's so smart, but that God is just so good. Mm, mm. And, I, and I love that. That it's, is powerful, isn't it? You know, Daniel is not so smart, but God is so good. Yeah. What a powerful little thought there. That's a wonderful little nugget. Uh, yeah. I love that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah keep I, going. Yeah. So, yeah, so what we see in... In the dream, so Daniel starts explaining the dream to to King Nebuchadnezzar, and he explains that the king saw a head of gold, and a, a, a statue, and the head was made of gold, and the chest and arms were of silver, the belly and thighs were of bronze, the legs were of iron, and the feet were partly of iron and partly of cl- of clay. And then he sees a stone that comes and smashes the image mm-hmm. at this at the feet, and it becomes a great mountain. And I love what Daniel says next here. It says. He says, him speaking after he gives the, the dream to King Nebuchadnezzar, he says, this is the dream. Mm. Now we, we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. See, he's just so certain. He doesn't ask King Nebuchadnezzar, is this the dream? Yeah. Did I get it right? No, he says, this is the dream. Yeah. He's yeah. 100% confident in yeah. what God was yeah. able to reveal yeah. 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 to him. When he prays, God answers. He is confident that this is exactly what the king also has seen. And the king acknowledges He is correct. Mm. And, you know, Daniel can confidently stand before the king because he's knelt before God. And this is just another little saying I've heard before. If you have knelt before God, you can stand before kings. Mm. You don't have to fear anything because you know God is with you. That's powerful stuff. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. All right. um, 
So I see time's ticking. So let's just get into the interpretation. This is where it gets really interesting, Pastor Gary, because, you know, you can do a lot of reading and Googling on the internet and you can come up with so many different interpretations. You, you can see so many people interpret this in different ways. So how can we know that the interpretation, which we're going to be discussing, mm. is true? And I think it's really simple. If you stick close to the text and you look at history, it pretty much reveals itself. Yeah. So yeah. If, if we pick up the story in verse 37... Daniel is speaking. He says, You, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. So King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he was the the king of the greatest empire at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he says, You are this head of gold. Mm. So we don't have to guess, Pastor Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, know yeah. exactly... The interpretation is actually given, and I think this is one of the really important uh, aspects of interpreting Scripture. You know, sometimes people wonder, well, how do I interpret the Scriptures? And my favorite response is, we allow the Scriptures to interpret themselves. And that's exactly what is occurring here. Yep. Uh, you are the king of, uh, are the head of gold. It's clearly exposed uh, by Daniel. Uh, what goes on then? Oh, just before we move on, something that I missed, which I think is really important as well, several times already before we see this interpretation, is we see that Daniel is saying that this dream is going to refer to things in, in the future. So in um, verses 28, he says, there is a God in heaven who reveals things and th- um, he has revealed and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. And then in verse 29, about what would come to pass and what will be. And then in verse 45, what will come to pass mm. after this. So we know mm. it's actually taking something that's taking place in the future. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a yeah, yeah, important, yeah, important point. As important, well. yes. All right, let's keep going. Verse 39. But after you, so again, we see. Yes, yeah, yeah there's a succession text. here of, uh, of kingdoms. But after you shall arise another kingdom. So we know we're not just talking about kings themselves. We're talking about kingdoms. Kingdoms, yes, yes. Um, Inferior to yours. Then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. So let's just pause here. So we know we're talking about King Nebuchadnezzar and the kingdom of Babylon. And then the prophecy is the next, the next um, element in the statue that the chest and arms of silver is going to be another kingdom that overthrows Babylon. Mm. And we just look at history, Pastor Gary, and we know the Medo-Persian Empire overthrew Babylon. And we can actually read this story itself in Daniel chapter 5, yeah. um, where we see, you know, the the, the per- Medo Persians come in and they take take over Babylon. You know the, yeah, the Babylonians yeah. were having a big party. You know they were getting drunk, and it's interesting because Babylon was considered an impregnable city. You know the the walls were so big. You know people were doing chariot races on the top, and so what S- Cyrus the Great, who was the leader at the time, did he diverted the river Euphrates. Um, so that the river dropped and the troops were able to march in just under the the, the walls it of the was city. A, it was a clever scheme. That, but to me, the really interesting thing is that Daniel chapter 5 records that the Babylonians that night are partying because they're inside an impenetrable city. Mm. That's That says something to about us today, I believe. You know, Is it possible to party while the walls are about to be defeated? So you really got to yeah keep an eye on what's going on around you yeah, and always yeah, be ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
We'll, we'll keep going. So that's the, that's the second element yes, in the statue. Yes. And then after that, it says that there's going to be a third kingdom which shall rule over all the earth. And we just look at history again and see who conquered the Medo-Persian Empire. Well, it was Greece under the power, under the rule and leadership of Alexander the Great. Mm. And, you know, he was such a powerful man. By, by the age of 30, he had one of the largest empires in the ancient world. Mm. Mm. And, um, he conquered, it, it was known as the Battle of Abelia in in the year 331 BC when um, Greece conquered the Medo-Persian Empire. And then, yeah, we'll keep reading verse 40. And you know, just on, on that point there, you know, one of the really important things I think for us to realize here, Tom, is that in the book of Daniel there are a number of what we call parallel prophecies. And if we go to Daniel chapter 8, you actually get a statement to me that I think is very powerful because you get a parallel prophecy here where the same kingdoms are likened to uh, beasts or animals. And what you find is that the kingdom is actually named. You know, uh, here we get Daniel chapter 8 uh, and verse 20. The ram that you saw having two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. And the large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. That's Alexander of Great, of course, who is the first king of Greece. You know, to me, this is a most remarkable prophecy because what we've actually got here is 200 years before Greece is even united, it's named as being the goat, as the kingdom that is going to be victorious over the Medo-Persians. Do you know, as I look at this, I say, hey, what amazing evidence for prophecy. There are some people who actually uh, suggest that it's in the, um, that's in the sec, that, that the book wasn't actually written when Daniel was alive because this prophecy is actually so amazing. The problem is, is what we know is that the Jewish nation actually had copies of the book of Daniel that they showed to Alexander the Great yeah. when he came marching through their land. I was reading that today as well. I was preparing that, yeah, it's in the writings of Josephus, I understand. Josephus, very powerful Alexander material. Alexander the Great was actually shown this very prophecy, and so he knew that he would be conquered. Yeah, yeah. Joseph, this is an awe-inspiring what Josephus actually records about uh, the Jewish leaders sharing this prophecy, the evidence with Alexander the Great himself. Uh, Tom, keep going. Yep. So we see, yeah, as, as you mentioned, so in Daniel 8, we see God actually names the next two nations that are going to follow Babylon. Mm. So we see, so far we've seen there's Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. So let's keep reading. Verse 40. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything, and like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all others. So again, we just look at history. What happened to Greece? It was conquered by Rome. Yeah. And this is now when we're coming into the time when Jesus was around. Yeah. You know, there was the Roman Empire, which was ruling at that time, mm. and they were very powerful, very mm. strong. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, verse 41, Whereas you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. Yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. So this is the next interesting thing. So in the prophecy, we've seen this pattern that there's going to be a kingdom that arises after another kingdom and mm. it's going to be overthrown by another kingdom mm. and by another kingdom. Mm. And then there's a change. And th the Roman Empire is not going to be overthrown by another kingdom. It's going to break up from within. Mm. And again, we just look at history, Pastor Gary, and what happened to the Roman Empire was there was yeah. various barbarian tribes yeah. who started to rise up within yeah. the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire just fell apart. 
Exactly, exactly. And what you find here is a remarkable fulfillment within history. What you get is evidence from history. You know, to me, I think prophecy can be so, it is such a wonderful thing when I not just see that the prophets spoke concerning their own day, but they spoke concerning the future, and then history comes in and actually confirms what the prophets have said. Hmm. And... The, the other interesting thing, Pastor Gary, is you mentioned, and I've read this in the, and I've done some research on this in the past as well. Some people, you know, argue, might argue that, you know, these things were written at a later date. Yeah. But, it, and the later date is like somewhere around 200 BC ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas we know that Daniel was written around 600 BC. Yes. But yes. for those people, even if, even if Daniel was written around 200 BC ish, there's still prophecies that take place after that time, which are fulfilled. Yeah. And that's what we're going to come to now. And, uh, verse 43, it says, as you can, I, can I just say on that one, Tom, really, that really important thing to actually realize there is that uh, the reason that uh, is, is most c- clearly shows that this is actually written in the time of Daniel is because we've got the entire scroll from the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yep. And that's, that is powerful archaeological evidence that shows that the the scrolls themselves were in existence and had been accepted as canonical a long way before many current interpreters actually uh, actually place this book it's a very good point and we um we know that obviously this prophecy is just so powerful, predict, yeah. predicting pretty much the rest of history. Yeah. And we, so we know the devil's going to be trying to attack it and, you know, try and make people mess, mess it up. But, um, I see time's running out on us. So I'll just finish it off here. Verse 43. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. 44. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Mm. And then at the end of 45, it says, um, this dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. So mm. we see again, Daniel is 100% confident. He's not wavering. He yeah, knows what yeah, he's saying. Yeah, yeah. But I just want to pick up on these last few predictive elements. Can we, can we come back to that in a moment? Let's no, have right. some music. And if you can finish off in just after this, uh, uh, this song, this is Casting Crowns. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise Just to know, thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him Trust Him. 
precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that He is with me, will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove say about the end of the world. Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Tom Sliwa, and Tom's an optometrist by profession. He's recently completed the Arise Bible College. It's He followed that with a stint as a Bible worker, and today we're asking a really big question. Can a rational person believe in predictive prophecy? We've been looking at a prophecy of Daniel chapter 2 and standing in awe at some of the material uh, that it does actually reveal. Tom, bring it together for us. So, yeah, we just left off Pastor Gary, and we were just seeing that the Bible makes a prophecy here as well that some of these nations are going to mingle together and not adhere. And when we just look at even recent history, there was attempts to reunite modern Europe. There was Charlemagne, Napoleon, Hitler. There's the European Union and even very recent history, you know, Brexit. I, I, I love, I think, the important thing that you've said there is that what that they shall not blend one with another. They shall not come together is what the prophecy says. And all those examples you've given of attempts that have been made to bring Europe, the old Roman Empire together, and yet it hasn't happened. And it just shows the Bible still, what the Bible says, what God says stands, because he can read the future, just as, you know, just like we can, you know, look back and read the past. And what you get, that that Roman, that um, European Union you mentioned, you know, Brexit, tell us about Brexit. So, yeah, so, you know, the, the Britain is, you know, leaving the European Union and 
we see, you know, the, the idea behind the U European Union was to try and bring the European nations together. And here mm -hmm. it's just starting to fall apart again. And we know yeah. it's not going to happen because the, you know, what the Bible says is going to, is what's going to happen. Yeah. We see that happening before our eyes. Yeah. So the last item in this prophecy is that there's going to be a stone and that stone represents the second coming and God's kingdom, which is going to reign forever. And so, you know, I'm not a gambling person, Pastor Gary, but if, if I was this prophecy, there's seven predictive elements that we've looked at here and six of them have already come to pass. And there's just the, this one final one, which is the second coming. Mm -hmm. So if God can, you know, predict or foretell six things, what's the chances that the last one's going to happen? Yeah, it's, it's a Pretty fairly high. good argument, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that is producing evidence. You know, I mean, here we've got a prophecy that has said a kingdom's going to be replaced by a kingdom that's going to be replaced by a kingdom that's going to be replaced by a kingdom, but that kingdom is then going to break up. Uh, and it's never going to be able to come together. It, two and a half thousand years of history are provided in advance. You know, I, I love this picture of history in advance that is actually being painted. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, uh, tell us now. Look, I'm just conscious our time is getting away from us. You know, how does this entire, how does this prophetic material, how does it impact you as a young person? What does it say to you? Well, Pastor, I look at the world around us right now, and, and you know, things are so much coming to a climax. History is coming. Everything is going. You look at the world, there's so much craziness going on. And I think when I look at this prophecy, it gives me a sense of direction for life now and clarity concerning the future. It gives me, it tells me that God is in control. He knows what's going to happen. And there's something great to look forward to, yeah. which is God, Jesus coming and heaven. And, and there's so many in our world that don't have hope for the future mm. or clarity for the present. And yet that's what this particular prophecy actually gives us. You know, Tom, I, I'm conscious that there may be people in our world today who don't have those things. There might be people listening today who are saying, hey, I want hope for the future. I want clarity. Tom, I'm just wondering, would you pray for those people right sure. now? Thanks, Tom. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for providing us with all this wonderful prophetic proof in, in the Bible that we can trust your word and that we can trust you and that you are real and that you exist and you can perfectly read the future and you've provided it for us that we may have hope and security and peace mm -hmm. um, about what is going on in the world, that we don't have to worry but know that, Lord, you are in control always. And I just want to pray particularly, Lord, for all our listeners, that you grant them the peace that surpasses all understanding, which mm. you have promised in your word, that we may not worry or stress about what's going on, but know that you are soon to return and take us home where there's not going to be any more, mm. more stress, any more joblessness, any more worry, um, Lord, but we can live happily together um, forever. Lord, I just pray that you please bestow your, your blessing upon it, on, upon our friends and listeners that are um, with us today. And Father, we just, yeah, ask that you fill us with your Holy Spirit and um, be with us um, throughout the rest of this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Tom Slewa on the Drive Time Show. Tomorrow we're going to dig more into this subject when we look at the astounding evidence for predictive prophecy. This time we're going to look at predictive prophecy in the New Testament. Really look forward to seeing you then. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give 
isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May the Lord richly bless you.